Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Bolsha and welcome to the Talking Blarney podcast, where we call out Hollywood for its paddywhackery in films and TV about Ireland. My name is Stuart McNamara, and I'm here with my co-host, Ricardo Crostaban. Ricardo Crostaban? What the hell is that? I thought that was you, sir. Senor, I should say. <laughs> oh my God. Well, it's Rob Cross here, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. Ricardo, oh, Jesus. Anyway, how are you, Stu? How's, how's the week been? <laughs> Not too bad now. Filming this a little earlier than usual, so you can head down to Kilkee. That's right. Off to, off to the... Uh, the beach for the long weekend where I can't swim because there's a swim ban in place. <laughs> yeah, I banned it if you were going down to first swim as well. So Yeah, I, I don't look terribly flattering in a wetsuit, unfortunately. <laughs> I've, I've let myself go a bit. There's a Wookiee in the water. Get out! <laughs> yeah, oh. I know, it'll be nice. We have, we have a nice long weekend coming up here, which I suppose to American listeners, we have the Monday off. It's a bank holiday. Yeah. Uh, think, like Monday is like our, I think like Labor Day or something you can have in the States. You just get a day off. And for anyone who's still not back to work... A holiday is when you get an extra day to not work, <laughs> just in case it's been so long that you've forgotten what these things are. Yeah, I've been. We've, I mean, we've both been lucky that we're working during this. And of I've course, been... we're working. We're doing podcasts. We yeah, this working the... on this twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. You're getting paid for this. <laughs> <laughs> I wish <laughs> <laughs> some days do. So what are we doing in uniquely Irish today, Stu? <laughs> today we're going to do the iconic breakfast roll. Yes, I, I think this is something which is fairly Irish. I don't think this yeah. concept is quite made it outside of the these islands yet. I mean, I'm sure <laughs> every culture probably has that kind of on-the-go meal. Well, I mean, you have like burritos and tacos yeah. and I mean, even like a, a breakfast burrito, but yeah, not, sure. not, not quite the same. But going back to when we discussed what is a full Irish breakfast, Yeah, this is, ba- in a nutshell, this is a full Irish breakfast in a baguette. Pretty much. Yeah. It's uh, as easy a way to describe it is basically for the likes of builders and people with hangovers, it's a great way to have an entire full Irish, but in a package that you can walk yeah. around with. I mean, I, I would say when I when I get a breakfast roll myself, Stu, it's generally... I mean, also, we should say that we, we have kind of a thing in this country where you get kind of things in a in a shop in like a roll. So generally like a chicken yeah. fillet roll as well, where you get cuts of chicken with, uh, you know, maybe a bit of mayo and cheese yeah, I think for myself. At some point, we might do a, an overall deli, because yeah. I don't think that that's very popular outside of they, Ireland and England. Deli means something quite different yeah. in like Germany I, I know and also in uh, America they would jelly would kind of be with kind of cured meats and yeah stuff yeah like well, that. we're it, talking it's, hot food deli yeah it, it's, it's a bit different but effectively in like convenience stores or shops like Spar or Londis or anything like that they're equivalent to 7-Eleven I think it's fair would be yeah. fair to say you could, there would be like a counter area that does hot food and they would do things like you know chicken wedges like fries or chips kind of fancier yeah. if you will Um, and they do hot chicken drumsticks that kind of thing but they would do breakfast as well and you could get your bit components of your full Irish breakfast and they'll say well you, you wouldn't be carrying around in a plate or a box so why don't we put it in a, a nice nice piece of bread yeah, which everyone loves. So I, I would think that uh, now we might disagree, Stu, on this, but I would when I if I was getting a breakfast roll, I think it would definitely be probably about two sausages. Yeah, if, if there's space, which there should be, uh, probably two rashers of bacon. Right. I, I think you know I I would like both types of pudding. You know, black yeah, and of white. Yeah, I, I think I think that's fair. And I now I don't know if you could really fit anything else in there. I mean, I, I've seen some places that do do eggs or something like that in there, but I think that yeah, might be course. a bit too. No, messy. I I think because there are times when I wouldn't get ketchup in mine, and so I. Find find that uh, a slightly runny egg yeah, gives it that, that little be. bit of moisture because otherwise it can be very dry. I think you're right there. I, I would I prefer brown sauce myself, which is generally not the popular thing in Ireland. I would have thought it's yeah, it's, it's more of an English thing really. But I, I I just like brown sauce. It's got a nice vinegary taste to it. If you don't know what brown sauce is, Google it. It's it's hard to explain. Yeah, worst <laughs> um, barbecue sauce. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I like it. I don't know. Amazing barbecue sauce, but a bit vinegary. Yeah, uh, but so I like it anyway. But so that's it. I mean, 
in a nutshell, it's just kind of most of the components of an Irish breakfast, full Irish breakfast in a in a roll with the optional bit of sauce if you want. And yeah, and then there are like random varieties where sometimes you might actually get beans or mushrooms in them. Yeah, and and that's... once again for like a, a bit of um, liquid to cut through the dryness, it actually helps. That's it. I I, I think um, the Irish comedian Clara Brian famously said that um, explaining the concept of a breakfast roll to someone is like imagine a Frenchman going into a, a, a brasserie, I think it's called, and like getting his pastries and all sorts of things. Oh, would you do it to best lay full Irish breakfast? You know, <laughs> and it's they get some some strange looks. They get some strange looks. It, it, it is. I don't think you quite understand how much of an Irish concept it is until you yeah. go abroad and try and explain this concept, even a chicken fillet roll concept to someone else. They just kind of look at you. Yeah, I should clarify that when Rob said baguette, he meant demi baguette. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I just a meter long baguette full. <laughs> Yeah, well, Stu, you know, don't, a man can dream. It depends how bad hanging you are after a night out, really. there be an eating challenge there somewhere, so I think... I think as well, it, it's kind of is known for getting people hung over, but it's yeah. almost a staple, I'd say, of the Irish construction industry. Well, construction and kind of... not Manual tra- labour, I would not, say, not transport, maybe. but like delivery and that, things uh, yeah. where people are up early and driving for long portions of the day. Uh, so, like, you so, know, you'd have uh, delivery drivers would be able to buy it, and not so legally... But have the breakfast roll in the in the one hand, driving down the road with the other, and the, then they the can phone like, in the other. No, no, trying to put your knees. You have to you, then you hold the breakfast roll in your legs, and then you have to stop coffee or tea. Yeah, and then it's back to the breakfast roll. The fact that I know you used to do delivery in the mornings <laughs> too kind of makes me think. No, I no, know. no. Uh, this is just conjecture from other people. <laughs> other people, would, listen. I, allegedly. <laughs> mm, yeah. So I, I suppose it is. It is quite an, an Irish staple. I don't think you. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I would. I would wonder if in in America you saw like um uh like member of Donald Trump's uh, government, you know, cabinet member like uh, you know William Barr, the Attorney General, or uh, uh whoever the Secretary of State is, Mike Pompeo walking out of a local shop with a breakfast roll, one of his advisors behind him also eating a breakfast roll. Because that's what you see in Ireland quite regularly. I saw yeah, a particular it. minister, I think, most <laughs> mustachioed Irish politician coming out of a shop eating a chicken fillet roll he was minister for defence. And that was yeah. like, that was that was quite funny. I mean, I know it's it's strange, as we've described, but at the same time, it, it's odd that it hasn't picked up in other places. It's a great way of doing it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's convenient. And I know, I suppose, there are places where food... Similar, similarly in France, yeah. where you want to take your time with your meal, yeah. you wouldn't be doing it on the go. There are cultures where food yeah. is much more highlighted as something important it's... and needing to take its time with, whereas here it's very much a rush or rush hour on the go kind of situation. I guess it wouldn't be a million miles away from the concept of like you know a MacMuffin kind of breakfast or McDonald's. Sure, it's the same kind of having something kind of quick on yeah, the go. Yeah, it's just quite. Quite a lot larger for yeah. the people who are doing a lot of manual labour, as you said. Or maybe meat. a breakfast burrito, like you'd have yeah, in some parts. Thing. Or, you know, like you're going to see the Koreans as well and um, in Hong Kong. I've seen kind of street food where it's like kind of quick street food that's portable, sometimes incorporating eggs and things like that and almost a sandwich. And so it's, it's not abnormal, I wouldn't say. It's just that we've kind of made the best version. Of course. And uh, we love it so much that one of our great Irish comedians actually enshrined it in a song. I called think... the Jumbo Breakfast Roll. Did that get to number one? I hope so. I think it got at least very high. It definitely got in the charts. Like this was what, about 2005, was it? 2006? I couldn't say no. But it was definitely kind of the mid 2000s that this song was released by Pat Short and he was like in one of his characters is I can't remember what the character was but he he released a DVD and like he the end of it was him doing this and yeah. it, it got really big and it just literally lists what's in the breakfast road as the chorus just to remember the chorus of oh yeah of course I mean it, yeah. it, it's a great song it has everything that you'd want yep out of a silly kind of comedy song and it even is it chronicles the whole journey from him getting up in the morning to going to a, a petrol station or gas station yep to uh to pick it up and even like interacting with the woman behind the counter. Shishita, do you want some sauce? Because <laughs> I do in my role. <laughs> even even like the bit where he it has an effect in his life because he's eating these every morning and he has a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely something that you should look up because it's fantastic to hear him singing about something so benign as just a breakfast option. Yeah, it, it's it's quite bizarre. I've shown non-Irish people this song before and they don't quite get it, but. Maybe that's Irish comedy, I don't know. I mean, that's fair. It 
it's an odd one, but it really just, it struck a chord with people at the time and it just blew up here because everyone loves a breakfast roll. It's kind of a treat maybe at the weekend or, as yeah. you know, after you're hungover. Absolutely. I, I, I can't remember the last time I've had them. I think maybe when I was hungover down in Killarney a while back would probably be the last time I did. Yeah, that I couldn't cool. say either, but I think tomorrow morning will probably be <laughs> when that streak ends. Oh, <laughs> it's like, damn it, Stu, you're putting ideas <laughs> into my head. There is a garage down the road. Hey, we'll be right back, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> If only we could, Rob, but we're so dedicated to this podcast that we'll just have to do it afterwards. Yeah. So uh, I think that's about all we can say about the humble breakfast roll. Without getting too hungry. Oh, what a beautiful thing. Uh, so we'll get on to the movie itself. So this time we reviewed Dead Meat, which uh, is from 2004. So it's basically the story of mad cow disease breaking out in Leitrim and then one of the cows attacks a farmer and it progresses through, but it kind of makes them zombies in a way. And then yeah. from that you have uh, the main character, Helena, kind of getting caught up in the middle of it and trying to escape and uh, people she meets along the way and what happens to her as she goes. Yeah, it's definitely different. Um, yeah. I, don't know, I don't really know what I expected when I came into this. I think I had heard of this film vaguely back in the day. There used to be a show on RTE called Blizzard of Odd with... Um, a comedian Colin Murphy used to present and he used to do these kind of bits of weird films. I think this was mentioned on it when probably about the time it came out because I definitely had something at the back of my head of this Irish film about zombie cows. But I yeah. don't know if I'd seen this before, but I, yeah. Well, but, I mean, I think around the, the whole uh, mad cow disease era, there were a couple of films released with yeah. similar themes of animals, on or farm animals, I should say, catching some kind of virus and then passing it on. Like there was that one in New Zealand with the sheep. Oh Jesus, I forgot about that. <laughs> so yeah, loads of schlocky horror movies like that that just kind of came out in one swathe. I can remember when there was a, uh, an outbreak of mad cow disease, and I think as well, and they had to burn the cows because there's no way of curing it. And yeah. if some people, some person gets it, it can be ba it's basically fatal. I think if a human gets it, we don't know how it transmits. I remember there was a foot and mouth outbreak as well, which is yeah. another um, bovine or animal related disease that came here from you know the UK thanks England and I remember that quite a bit like we weren't you weren't allowed to be anywhere near a farm at the time yeah I remember we had to like wash our shoes when we, we were did. to school and like we're both from a city like we don't I mean having said that there is actually a farm up there not too far from where I live yeah there but, are cows in the field behind my house so yeah so I mean there, there are there we had to like step in something you had to wash your hands constantly and well none of us got it as far as I'm aware so we're probably fine yeah or we're all gone crazy we're actually in a mental hospital talking to nothing who knows <laughs> oh well <laughs> I've like, had a good run the doctors come in it's like what are you doing today now we're doing a podcast <laughs> it's like I don't know what this is what's he on about <laughs> it's like, it's like I was talking into like a hairbrush instead of the microphone. <laughs> Couldn't even afford that. Who, who is this Stu he keeps thinking of? <laughs> he died years ago. So anyway, it was directed by uh, Conor McMahon, who's kind of been in a couple of things. He actually was the editor for The Rubber Bandit's Guide to Everything. That's really good. Yeah. That's so really good. He, uh, he, he has a few bits. He's directed a couple of other horror movies. Which I think he's had. He's used some of the same actors for. Oh, well, I have a thing on that for later. later. And he was actually uh, a background extra as a pedestrian in Mel Gibson's Edge of Darkness. Yeah, I didn't know that. Which is just a, a random extra piece that was on his IMDb page. I'm sure, he got a few quid for it. <laughs> Hopefully, maybe he even met the man himself and got some slurs thrown at him for being a human being. <laughs> Yeah, Mel Gibson is certainly a character. <laughs> he took the whole Mad Max thing a little too seriously. Yeah, I think it was what Frankie Boyle says. Everyone said Mel, at the time Mel Gibson could never be a Scot, and now look at him, an alcoholic racist. Yeah, <laughs> he's done something for himself. So then with the stars we have, and I'm going to mispronounce this because I have no idea, Marion Araujo? Araujo? Aruyo, maybe? Aruyo? As Helena. So she was kind of the main character that we're introduced to at the start. Um, I believe she's Spanish, but I had no idea throughout the course of the film I found, where she was from. Okay, with her accent, I you could okay, she definitely tell she wasn't Irish. She was yeah. definitely from the European continent, I would I say. She could have been from like Kerry now with that accent. Uh, <laughs> I, I found her accent I really hard to place and it's it's never addressed where she's from, just that she's not from the countryside. Yeah. She's not from Leitrim, that's definitely established. So so I don't think that really plays into it or anything else. It was just odd because you kind of have a curiosity as as the, the, the heroine really of the yeah. movie to 
know a little bit more about her, whereas you really don't get a lot I felt coming they, into it. I felt they could have because you could have like added an aspect. Uh, I mean, did I make a spoiler yet? Or no, you can't make okay. a spoiler yet. Okay, the well, whole point of having spoiler free and then spoiler section. Okay, fine. I won't make a spoiler yet. Damn it, Stu, you and your rules. I, but there's a. I think that if they maybe added an aspect of while these things were happening in Ireland and Leitrim in particular, maybe she could be. Oh, I hope my mother is fine back in Spain or wherever. There, there, could, have, there could have been a bit of that, maybe. It, it seems from the movie, at least, that it's isolated to Leitrim. Yeah, which is... Oh, no, we had to lose Leitrim. That would be... Yeah. What a terrible disaster. But that beyond be. that, like, she does a really good job, I think, for, for what it was. I mean, we're going to go into this movie and... Yeah, quite a lot of detail, but th- I th- think... Th- there's a lot of problems, but she does a good job. I mean, even near, near the start, she's, like, running around in heels half the time. And that plays in. We'll get. We'll, oh, we'll get to that. Oh, yeah. But I thought that she did a fairly good job, even with some of the, the more physical scenes. Yeah, I think. Did. I think it's reasonably believable that she could like fight back against someone bigger than her. I think she looks like yeah, she's in good shape. Yeah. I mean, like, no, we'll get into it later on. But no, <laughs> she, she does a great job. Then we have David Moylert. Moylert, that's what I said. I don't know. As Desmond, so he's kind of the the hero of the piece, if you will. Desmond Moriarty, isn't it? Possibly, I can't remember. It's, I think it, you think he says it is is Moriarty's son, one of the other characters. Yeah, so yeah. I, I I really thought when he, his name was given as Moriarty, I was like, oh, I bet the twist is going to be he's the evil guy, you know, like Moriarty oh, and right. Sarah Holmes. I thought that I I was I, <laughs> given what we got, Rob. That's reading way way too into it. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I was clearly expecting like this. This was like a foreshadowing a massive twist. <laughs> I was just there. It's like oh, until the credits rolled. <laughs> but anyway, no, he did. Really good job. Um, I think he came, he, came, he came across a lot better than um, Martin, who's the other the other male kind of character at the very yeah, start. I, I of didn't the film. even add him here really because he he doesn't play much of a role. He doesn't. Um, we, you know, I I, I will just add. I think Martin looked like uh, Lindy Beige, the um, YouTuber, a little bit. Oh right, I don't know who that is, but okay, he does. He has the beard and everything. Trust me on that. I look it up. <laughs> so yeah, he's he, what is he? Uh, he's a grave digger for the the town. Yep. And uh, he plays that up. I, when I saw saw him first, I, I was actually like, I really hope he's like in the Ra or something. He just looked like he yeah, was he, in like the Wind he, of Shakespeare. He, he has the paddy cap. He has like one of those heavy coats with the, the large, like uh, the Sherlock kind of yeah. popped collar. I, I think that if he w- were like wearing a stereotypical Irish kind of costume out in the country, that's exactly what it would be. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, like he is, it'd be like um, a Mexican wearing like a sombrero and like a poncho. That, yeah. That's that's the equivalent of that. Yeah. And he, he's running around then with a, a shovel the whole time which she uses to great effect which we'll get into later on he i you know i i I'll never underestimate a shovel again that, <laughs> that that shovel night game was actually more accurate than we thought to yeah he does a lot with it but he, he was probably one of the better actors i think did a good job i i think he he was believable which is something interesting. You definitely yeah. got the vibe that he was kind of like your kind of charming Irish kind of fella out yeah. there. I mean, I think he, like he comes across quite, of it. Yeah, he kind of comes across quite well, and it's like I think he did a very good job. Yeah, and then I, we have our third lead. Oh yeah, everyone's yes. absolute favorite. If you haven't watched it, this person will be the one that you fall in love with: Owen Whelan as Cahill, and just what a performance! I mean, hamming it up like the best of them. I don't think he was acting, Stu. <laughs> <laughs> he was just confused and <laughs> wandered onto the set. I think, like, I, I think that this was such a natural performance. Like, I know people like this. You know, this was just like a kind of, like, almost like an Irish farmer. To very an much so. I mean, it was a bit inflated. It was definitely a bit inflated, but not like he was definitely playing it up a bit, but not too much. I think this was. I think this was actually fairly accurate. Yeah. Remind me as someone very particular even down to the jumper he was wearing which oh, yeah. is that jumper is just you know if you meet certain farmers out in like West Clare in particular that is the jumper they're wearing this this guy just reminded me of so many people I've met out in the country who were farmers and pubs like just down to everything this was just for me spot on yeah I think this he was, was great he was brilliant I think the the best way I described it to you before we started is he's a mix between bubbles from the trailer park boys uh, especially with the glasses and the kind of the, mouth, yeah. the way his mouth kind of contorts oh, yeah. and then um <laughs> <laughs> a Pat Short character. Yeah. A kind of loudmouth vein. Um, he really reminded me of John Kenny's 
character when he did the uh, Brady's Christening, the monologue. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a great Irish comedy monologue by uh, John Kenny called Brady's Christening, where he just relates a story for about eight minutes, just entirely off his mind, talking about a christening at his, his sister's house. And it's excellent. It's one of the greatest bits of Irish comedy, I would say. Watch it on yeah. YouTube if you haven't. But he's just exactly the same as that. Like You, you could say him saying some of those lines and it would be the exact same. Fair enough. Then uh, the one kind of surprise star in this, who was only in for at the very beginning, is mm-hmm. Ned Dennehy, who was the first zombie that they kind of hit with their car and then yeah. everything kind of goes off. But he's actually been in some amazing stuff. I don't yeah. know how... I think... It's probably because this was done uh, with partnership from the Irish uh, Film Board. How they, they got that, so I him. don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it could have been a student project or something. I'm not I, entirely I, sure. I, I looked into this a bit. It, it was uh, the guy that did it, Connor, uh, what's his name? Connor McMahon. McMahon, sorry. He actually came up with the idea when he was studying up in um, the Irish Film College. Right? Yeah. I think it's up in IDAT uh, in Dublin. And he said he had the idea for this and he wanted to shoot it. So this was not his first film, but it was his first proper one. So clearly he, so he said he, he talked to someone and they liked the gist of it. Yeah. So fair enough. So yeah, he had Ned Dennehy, who's been in the likes of Peaky Blinders, Good Omens, and actually in Rogue One. So yeah. we, we have a guy from A Star War in this, so... Yeah, just like the fellow we had in... Um, the Foreigner, yeah. The Foreigner, who was in Father Ted and Star Wars. Yeah, so we're getting the connection. Uh, so I suppose we'll start into the spoiler-free section. Yeah. Um, first off, <laughs> this was dedicated to someone, and I could not find out anything about this person. I t- yeah, I couldn't either. Ian Rosam. I just, I looked him up. Like, he has an IMDb credit, but it's for the did de- he, dedication in this. Did he pass away or something, I presume? I, I really couldn't say. Like, maybe it's just a friend of his that he wanted to dedicate the movie yeah, to. Yeah, which is nice, it's, but it I just couldn't find anything. strange just not to be able to find anything. Uh, then, as I said, this was in association with the Irish Film Board, which is kind of crazy. I wasn't expecting that to come up. I, I was, yeah, this is very odd, like... It's, I mean, it's certainly not the worst film I've seen that's been sponsored by sure. the government, yeah, but fair. it's an interesting choice. I don't really know if, at the time when, like, Foot and Mouth and Mad Cowdery's War Serious Concerns, like, agriculture is a massive thing in, in this country, that they would have sponsored what is Benji is a fear-mongering about that. I guess, yeah, I can see your point there. Um, I mean, obviously, with a pinch of salt. Um, sorry, there's another train passing right by a train track. But, that's what uh, they're here for, Rob. They're that's here what for they're the here for. They're here for the... <laughs> I, I did start... I did find a nice train podcast the other day. There's <laughs> just some train spotters listening in to try to hear what kind of train it is. <laughs> Answers on a postcard, please. I'll let you know if you're right or not. Uh, one weird thing I noticed. Near the start where they're in the car, it really seems like the audio was from so, like a different time. Yeah. Like it was, you know, whatever, ADR back in. Like they recorded... It separately. There was definitely one or just cleaner. There was definitely one or two parts of the film where I think they might have redone the the lines, like redubbed it or yeah, something. Possibly. I didn't really notice any kind of mouths being out of sync, but definitely the audio sounded different from when they were like shooting on location than in the car, if you will. So I don't know if because they were mic'd up differently or they had like mics on their yeah, person, like, but it, there it was could be quality. just a difference in miking. But like when they were in the car, you'd expect it to be quite like how this podcast is. Yeah, for shit. Compared to them being in a, a massive studio and getting like this perfect sound out of it yeah. in the car, it just it didn't match. I, really. I, I kind of just on a, a production note as well. I I think now the lighting was very off in this film yeah, at times. It had a kind of a sepia tone over a lot of it. Which I think is fine. It's a choice that isn't terrible, but particularly they actually shot these scenes at night in some cases. And yeah, that, that was the, the hard part. While... I think it does add atmosphere, particularly a, a bit towards the end when they're in the Jeep. Yeah. I think that came across quite well with the, with the, the yeah, Jeep that... lights actually going through the darkness. That actually was a quite... I think that actually paid off very well. Yeah. It was, it was I think, quite an innovative use of what using what they had to get an effect. I think it worked quite well in that sense, but... Yeah, it's later I, on when the very, could have really used... The very end of the film, we're not doing spoilers yet, where they're around the castle, that's really hard to keep up on what's happening. I, I really struggled to keep track of what, because for a lot of it, the only light you're kind of getting is... Is it? improvised torch is an improvised torch and like and that's like legitimately I don't think they had any other lights set up really around there and I found it at times very hard to keep track of of that Um, even when they're going to make a campfire as well that's a bit hard to keep track into there's definitely very dark parts inside the house as well at the start it's a bit hard to keep track I I mean that's probably down to their own constraints on (laughs) getting lighting and then getting power for that lighting but at the same time it's just it is very difficult to keep track 
as you said, yeah, the, the stuff that's going on. There's also interesting camera angles and cuts throughout the film. Yeah. It's it's very. I mean, I'm, I'm going to make a few wrestling references through this podcast, <laughs> but it, it's very much if you like watch like Kevin Dunn and like doing Monday Night Raw anytime soon, it's just like camera cut, camera cut, camera cut. Because like I'm gonna punch. It was a like, camera cut, camera cut reaction. There was that, and it gets very confusing at times because it's like they almost redo the same shot three times from three different angles, but time doesn't progress. Yeah, it, it's very noticeable when Des, Desmond goes into his own house. It's like they show him walking into the house from like a first person perspective of him going through the door then they show like a shot from him walking into the house from inside the house then there's like a shot from behind him going into the house and I, I got I had to watch that back because it, I, I got very confused by it but no it's the same action shot three different ways and put together but time doesn't progress between each of the shots if you know what I mean yeah. it's this it is it's the same action and that happens a couple of times like at the very start when Martin is getting something out of the boot of the car it it cuts to like a perspective of like inside the boot looking up at him taking the thing out twice yeah and then it cuts to like back to him and back to the other scene it the cuts are a, a bit distracting at times and it doesn't really flow with the action sure. so I, I just feel it's worth noting that yeah I mean like there there are a lot of strange cuts but as we said this is kind of one of his first films, yeah. and I think at this point we'll probably end up doing a Conor McMahon series. I think go we through should. it and hopefully see him kind of progressing as a filmmaker and getting better. Yeah, oh, I, I don't like. I don't mean to criticize. I have done a bit of filmmaking in my time, and Stu knows what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, we couldn't do any anything oh, any no. way better than this. This was a it, million times better than. I, I mean, I I I won't say that I I enjoyed this film, and I think I I don't mean to criticize a professional who was doing this obviously under I don't know, time constraints or anything like that. Yeah, but, well, like obviously he didn't have a lot of money. Yeah, and it's a newer venture for him. Say so. it's unfair me to maybe compare this to some of the other films we reviewed who who did have budgets in six figures and all that but you know I think it's just worth noting that I found some of this quite distracting at times and I found the action I I felt my enjoyment of the film suffered a little bit because of the lighting in particular and also some of the cuts were a bit distracting so I think it's just worth saying that at the very least yeah another thing with it that spoiler free is the practical effects in this were awful and brilliant I think is the best way of describing it yeah it's like I think they they did a good job. I think with them because they, they could have done kind of bad early kind of CGI stuff, but I'm glad they tried to do practical effects. Like you see people getting their heads caved in, and you yeah, see like decapitations, cuts, decapitations. which you could have just kind of done with a cut and then just hidden the head. But they really went for it, and obviously they had someone there who was making these fake heads, which are really badly obvious that they're fake heads. Like but at the same time, turnips or something. Yeah, it, it's still very enjoyable to see it. I'm glad they went to the effort of doing that. I think it does make it somewhat a bit better. It it doesn't it doesn't distract from you know if it was bad CGI or something like that or it was yeah. clearly fake. It, this is it's it's definitely not real. But I I like the effort they went through to make this more realistic. Even with some of the face makeup on some of the zombies in it, um, it isn't actually that bad. It, it, it's it's not you know there's like a bit of blood on them, but like it, it's it's kind of worn. It's definitely like yeah. there's blood that's dried in and some of the things in their face like they're obvious they're zombies, but it's not like green skin it, falling yeah, off. Almost that's a little inconsistent. There are sometimes when they're it is yeah kind of almost fresh faced zombies, and other times where they have. One kind of makeup on and another kind. Oh, I've got, I've got some notes on that for later when we get into spoilers. Strange. But it's, I, I think overall it's yeah. the, the, the design choices and costumes, makeup, that kind of thing. It's, it's pretty good. I, I even like how we, we see uh, Helena's, or Helena's sorry, costume kind of deteriorate over the film. And it yeah. stays consistent, which I think it, from a continuity perspective is actually quite good. I didn't notice any bits of clothing reappearing or things like yeah. that. So fair play to them. Uh, another great thing is the... Uh... Kyle's creative use of the Irish language. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, tr- warning for anyone who hasn't watched it already, he uses the sea bomb in this a lot. Yeah. Now, in Ireland, it's similar to the way it is in the likes of Australia, where we're just kind of, it's just a term of endearment for the most yeah. part. We kind of use it a lot anyway in different respects. In, it doesn't s- have the same connotations as in, it might in, in America. In this country, a sound C word is a term of, a great term of endearment. Yes. I'm not, but we're not, we do swear in this podcast, but we're yeah, not, we're but not we going to use that we word. We won't use this one at the minute. Yeah. Because we don't want to be cancelled again already. Yeah, no, uh, we're not, we're not <laughs> using that particular word, but it's, um. Uh, he uses words like banjaxed. I love that one. 
I, I love how he goes at one point, he says, uh, it's Banjax referring to the car, and then Helena uh, asks Desmond, what does that mean? He goes, it means it's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> just brilliant. Just he, whatever he was doing on the set was just the best. I mean, there's he, a very good bit as well. He where... calls them gowls all the time. I love that. That's brilliant. <laughs> that is such a Limerick thing, and I just found that hilarious. Well, I mean, gowl kind of has two versions. I think in Limerick, it tends to mean Egypt, and in other parts of Ireland, it tends to be similar to the sea bomb. Um, there's, from what I've heard I've heard both there is an older Irish term coming from kind of a bit of Irish and a bit of English where a gowler would have mean not a foreigner in a pejorative sense but it would if you guys want a gowler it would basically mean you're the same as the English why don't you go back to England ah, right, yeah. a, a kind of kind of a majority of oh you're very high and mighty kind of a sense I've heard it used in that context before yeah but that, you know we call each other gowls all the time so yeah. it's just a I, I did love as well where um and they first come across him after they meet Lisa, the little girl. Yeah. Uh, and he's like out there in the car and he kind of gets very aggressive towards Helena because I think he probably thinks she's a zombie. And then as soon as Desmond comes across, he kind of establishes, oh, is it you? He goes, oh, you're Pat Moriarty's son. Yeah, Desmond. yeah. And he goes, he goes, oh, you're the coach. We used to, you were doing when I did junior and her. And he goes, oh, I remember you now. You're shite. <laughs> <laughs> He's just he yeah. he has just got so many good lines, like, and he's just such. If a this podcast goes character. anywhere, we're going to have to interview this man. I and we we need to find out if he's just ad libbing because he's the best. I I like I genuinely think a lot of that wasn't scripted. I think it was just too fluid and just yeah. Like, if this was scripted, Jesus, give give the person who wrote this. If it was like Connor uh, McMahon or anything else, give them a bloody raise. This yeah. was outstanding. Uh, I don't have much else. For spoiler free but one thing that I really liked was near the very start they uh, they drive past an old rusted out tractor which is quite a, an Irish thing to see it around. is yeah they just get left I mean the tractors in this country run for years I mean I've seen ones that have are like license plates from 1970 and they're still going strong but uh, at some point a lot of farmers will just kind of park them up and leave them to, to rust which uh, becomes a feature of the landscape I suppose yeah. at this stage um, I feel like one of the things spoiler free just about cattle again um, you can't just surname Stu Kiant or Kiant yeah it's it's a bit odd now Kiant isn't a terribly common Irish name I, I need to look at Eamon Kiant who was a Irish revolutionary leader was executed in 1916 was the is the only kind of version of that name I've heard they got like Kiant Station in in Galway right. is, I think I think it's Kiant Station in Galway I hope it is is named after him but I noticed there was an unusual spelling of his name used it was given as a C-H-E-U-N-T which I I've never come across a, 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 even the, the Irish or English version of that name uh, given like that before. So I googled it, Stu. That spelling of the surname Kiant. Would you like to guess how many people in the United States um, use that version of that name? Uh, five. Four. Ah, so close. And I couldn't find anyone in Ireland that actually used this version of this name in, in real life. But I did find, another, the other place I could find this was in Canada. Right. How many people do you guess in Canada use it, Stu? We're going to go with five again. One. Ooh. Oh, if there is one, I, I I, hope there is a real cattle cant out there in Canada <laughs> just like, oh, they're stealing my name again. So, yeah, that was that was something. It's, it's very similar to a, a, a Cameroonian name, as it turned out, with that given spelling. So, yeah. maybe, maybe, there you go. Right. So, before we get into spoilers, Rob, what's your... Uh... Verdict. I'm gonna to have to say a crock of gold. I actually enjoyed this a lot more. I, I I would watch this again. Yeah, I I will also say that it is a crock of gold. I mean, it's it's schlock, but it's the best kind of schlock. Where I'm sure they knew that it was that it was going to be that way, and so they lent into it as much as they could. You know, this film actually surpassed my expectations. Like even yeah. it, when I kind of saw the what this was going into it I had low expectations but I thought I might enjoy it because it's so bad it's good because I love those kind of films but after the first five minutes were a bit dodgy I thought no this isn't looking good yeah it was odd near the start but when it got into it properly I found myself actually just enjoying it as a film I mean mean, this this was a lot better quality than it had any right to be and I don't mean that in a bad way I think it's one of those movies that even though it's meant to be horror kind of strays into becoming an accidental comedy but it doesn't but it doesn't go away from that too much like there's some bits towards the end which we'll talk about that I think they're quite effective Um, and I I just think I cannot praise like Cattle Can't Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Character, that character made this film. Yeah. He, like, Without him, it, he we is by far the best character. I probably <laughs> i think like as soon as he came onto screen it saved this film and i absolutely fell in love with him and just oh god he's so great <laughs> <laughs> i think someone should be worried <laughs> right so into spoilers then right so zombie cows as a concept i, I it's, it's hard to tell whether they mean that they're actual zombies or if it's some form of the mad cow disease that's giving them a zombie like effect you know like in um 28 days later they're not really zombies they have the rage virus yeah so it's kind of quote-unquote different yeah i kind of got the impression they were saying oh that this is like a strain of mad cow disease that can go to humans and make yeah. them mad effectively yeah because one of the weird things near the start is when Ned, the first zombie, that like they hit him with their car and then they pull him into the back and then he starts biting, uh, what's his face? Uh, Martin. Martin. Um, and then she sprays him with like hairspray in the eyes. Yeah. And it's like, if he's a zombie, that definitely wouldn't work. Yeah, it's. I, I, I think as well, if I could talk about the very start of the film where, so there's the two of them in the car, some are unfamiliar. Yeah. They, this guy comes out of nowhere literally and they run him down. Well, they start shifting in the car. Yeah okay, yeah, okay, fair fair enough. But I, I thought in the preceding chat you didn't see him on the road, but I'm yeah. willing to forgive that. So naturally what you do is check if he's dead and like, well, we better put him into the car. Yeah. Would you not, like, I get you, like, this is maybe before mobile phones were terribly common, although I'm pretty sure I had a phone in 2004. Um, would you not call see. the guards? Because I think this is before the outbreak had been announced, so they wouldn't know this had happened yet. Yeah, it was strange. I mean, from that opening scene, what I really found strange, just because I was looking for it in the rest of the movie, yeah. is the necklace that he gives her. I thought that would play like I, a yeah, plot point. I thought that was going to be like a Chekhov's gun kind of thing, where at some point it's going to come back because she loses it later on. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, she's going to find it again, or there's something. Like, I, she's going to think she's alone, and then she's going to find it, and it's like, oh, yeah. shit, there are zombies around. Like, but I, it just never comes back. I praise the script writing earliness, particularly around Kyle's character, but somebody who is a... I'm not a professional writer by any means, but I do write stuff, and I understand how to kind of structure things. Yeah. I, I Generally, you, as you said, like Jacob's one, you don't introduce kind of a, a an item like that, a MacGuffin almost, if you will, and then not have anything to do with it. I thought it would definitely be like, oh, he's a lot of importance in putting it, it stands out. Yeah, it's just it's a scene that could have been missed and they could have just kissed anyway. Yeah. And it wouldn't have mattered anything to the rest of the plot. If you had, for example, he was like putting the necklace on her while driving and that's why they had the crash. That could have worked, but even then this was weird. Still, like, it just it seemed to have more importance than it actually ended up having. I honestly wonder if there is like almost a director's cut of this or there's like Possibly. cut scenes I mean, that like were maybe bits and bobs like this did play a role. Because yeah. it's the same as well with, now this is a minor thing that I, I mentioned to Stu earlier, uh, Des, Desmond's character, because his surname is given as Moriarty when he meets Cathy, so you're um, Michael Moriarty's son. Yeah. I really thought that was going somewhere because he's like Moriarty from Sherlock Holmes. And Victor, I, th I think he gives his father's name as Michael, I'm not, or Mike Moriarty, I'm not too sure. I really thought he was going to be like the bad guy in the end. That was And that was like kind of the, the foreshadowing. But clearly I was reading far much into this than I should have. Yeah, that, that was a lot of heavy lifting on your part to try to yeah. <laughs> change the, the story of this all, movie. All, all I'm saying is if, if, if I get permission to do the remake, I, I'm going to make a few changes. <laughs> uh, so what did you think of her casual stroll to the house? I know she was in heels. Yeah. She was kind of... Her, her boyfriend had just been bitten in the neck by a person that they had killed with their car. Yeah. I, and she just kind of like skips along to the house. So my first thought was, 
wouldn't you doesn't he say like at one point Martin the boyfriend that put me in the back of the car and drive to a hospital or did I misunderstand that because I, I thought that he said that put me in the car and we'll drive off sure because like sure, surely can't remember because surely was. like you could drive the car and get help like surely you you know like back the way you came maybe she doesn't have a license to drive in this country Rob think about it come on I think there's an emergency <laughs> like that's true I think it's fine if you say oh my boy we've been a we've been attacked by someone it's like, do you run him down. Oh, in defence we did. <laughs> he came at me with a knife, we all saw it. So that was weird, but yeah. I think, I don't know, maybe it was just the way I was looking at it, but it just seemed like she was walking weird as well. I guess she's wearing heels and it's the yeah. countryside, maybe that was it, but I love that very casual walk. They go into that really shitty farmhouse, and you know, that that is another thing that you will probably find in this country. There are a couple of, uh, of abandoned... I fully believe that is like an old farm someone would have lived in. Oh yeah, I'm sure they just used it as a location without, probably didn't even need permission because no one owns it. But I did love that uh, they have uh, Pope John Paul II kind of I thought that a was a little one, and then they have the big Jesus Christ painting as well, which is a staple of Irish households, especially. I know I mentioned it in one of the other podcasts we did, talking about like they had like a picture of Pope John Paul, like JFK on the wall. Yeah, I think it was the Ank. And I thought that was pretty accurate. The thing of Jesus as well as obviously plays a plot point. I thought that was pretty accurate. Definitely was a very Irish house, even like the dinner on the table with like the yeah. potatoes and sausages. Like there you go, there's a dinner. Rotten, mouldy. Yeah. Which, at, at which point you should just get the fuck out of there. You shouldn't keep looking around the house. And she found like the elf like dead in the bed, so he's not yeah. a zombie. It's hard to tell. He might have been eaten by zombies and then left there. Yeah. It, it it's a bit inconsistent I find in zombie films like at what point someone turns into a zombie versus they're killed and just eaten because yeah they do some if you, weird things if you with like, the zombies in this if you take a bite out of someone they become a zombie they, they're not eaten because they're a zombie but if you take a bite out of someone and enough you do and just kill them then you can eat them yeah so it, why would it, you turn someone into a zombie if that's the only thing you can eat to live well I, like they don't eat eat people to live they just eat them because that's their compulsion yeah I, I know there was like a there's quite a this is dealt with that length in uh, one of the, the George A. Romeo's Land of the Dead films I think it's I think it's the third one they actually there's like a scientist and he does experiments into this and he's like Although they, zombies can actually live in a vegetarian diet. Is it really? And then, yeah, of course they can. Then it turns out he's feeding them corpses. <laughs> and then you had the uh, the bloody rosary as well, which I think you have some information on. The bloody rosary? They zoom in on a shot with the, the, the farmer on the bed. Oh, yeah. It zooms yeah. in on like, his hand and he has the rosary. Oh, yeah. that that I mean, I suppose you'd be praying the rosary and he passed away. I mean, there's interesting kind of thing with religious symbol, symbolism here. Um I thought as well it was interesting when she's being attacked by Martin as a zombie and she takes the nail out of yeah. Jesus' thing and put it into his head. I think there's like obviously a slight allusion there to Jesus and the cross and everything. Oh yeah, I suppose he was nailed to the cross as well. Because I kind of thought as well that at one point when he comes in with the... What does he have when he he's come, goes into the bedroom? Is it like... Oh, he gets a, a pickaxe. Yeah, I thought that was actually just a massive cross off the wall. And so I, I thought literally he was going to try and kill her with the cross. And I'm like, well, this is some very overt uh, religious imagery, you know? Yeah. That scene kind of got a little Shaun of the Dead where the record player starts going. That, yeah, that was, you see, that was almost going like, oh, is this a comedy? Because that yeah. was just too comedic timing almost. Well, at the very least, it's an illusion. When did the Shaun of the Dead come out? Was this around the same time, actually? I think this was the same year, actually, uh, about that, come to think of it. Because um, for some reason, I, I think of this film as coming out much sooner than it has. Yeah, it, it's... Yeah, it's um, the same year, so clearly... They definitely knew about the other one, I'd say. I don't know. He couldn't have come out. So maybe the director's better than we thought, and he has similar ideas to um, what's his face? Who did Shaun of the Dead? Um, oh, Ginger Lad, Simon. No, no, not Simon Pegg. The the director. Oh, um, what's his name again? I cannot think of it now. As usual, we are so bad with names. Yeah, we'll never get better. No, I don't think so. But um, yeah, there's something to think about. I, I will just mention I found this um, paper about Irish horror uh, called "Horror Hurling and Bertie: Aspects of Contemporary Irish Horror Cinema" by Sean Crossan up in uh, I think NUIG, uh, National University of Ireland, Galway. Um, UCG as it used to be known, and and he, he actually talks a lot about this film and um, other films that the director Conor McMahon has done and. Also, this kind of went into the fact that Cattle is in another other films, Irish zombie films, as the same character, which I think we should definitely watch more of these. So I'll I'll just give a shout out to this. It's a fantastic paper. I wish I had more time to read this out fully and flesh it out, but I think we should definitely touch on this thing again. But as I said, we can go through more of his films in the future. um, Absolutely. But there's some interesting just stuff in it that I I didn't even really kind of catch. Um, 
talking about it and he, he he does mention as well the religious kind of things that are mentioned here as kind of a um i'm leaving all of this in by the way <laughs> just a complete dead air <laughs> on professionalism right? on professionalism like sorry i didn't make a note of this but <laughs> kind of caught me off guard there i was going to talk something else there i can just cut a lot of this <laughs> never yeah so like the religious imagery is there the kind of clutching the rosary beads is kind of a you know, as one does, as wasn't you yeah. pass away in the Catholic thing and the kind of destruction of religious imagery there, almost like the destruction of Catholic Ireland and Leitrim. I think there's certain points to it, but um, I, I think it was interesting. But we have to talk about how Martin is killed, though. Yeah. So, Stu, so, um, uh, if your former partner was coming at you with a pickaxe and they just embedded the pickaxe in a record player which is playing, obviously you would reach to the first thing that was on the ground next to you to defend yourself. Yeah, of course. A, a vacuum. A, a vacuum cleaner or a Hoover. And then hit them in the face with this turn it on and suck out their eye and that kills them I assume it was probably part of the brain as well was sucked out I think so I didn't know that could happen Like I, I, I don't know if I've seen that in a movie before well I, I was going to say that I was watching Extreme Rules uh, WWE at the weekend there and they had the eye for the eye match where the winner had to rip the other person's eye out I'm thinking if only Rey Mysterio had that he probably could have won that match right but they'd probably have to get branded Hoover from whoever <laughs> still makes Hoovers <laughs> well not Dyson anyway but um, yeah so that was one of the more bizarre movie deaths I've yeah. ever seen um, maybe that, that practical effect was actually pretty good I must say yeah I don't know how exactly they did it maybe it had like a thing around it but I thought it looked pretty good yeah. but I've never seen someone killed by a hoover like that before yeah. so then she kind of she runs off into the woods and uh, shortly after we meet the other main character Desmond yeah but uh, what happens is she walks out onto the road and a car is coming along and it keeps going. And so Desmond kind of runs out into the road and pushes her off. And uh, I actually noticed something that you might have missed. Oh. Did you recognize the car? No. It's Kyle's car. Oh. Oh, actually, yeah. Yeah. Come to think of it. I don't know if they just budgetarily, they could only get the one extra car. And so they used it, but I think it's a really subtle nod to Kyle just being a fucking crazy person well, he and wasn't, not giving well, he, a shit. Well, he wasn't driving. It was the, the wife. Either way, like the two driving. of them are mental. And so it's just, I was like, is that the car? And I, I like, I slowed it down. I had it going like yeah. one frame and then you can see the back. It has like the, uh, yeah. the <laughs> wheel with the cover on it. So it's very distinctive and it's get the exact same car. I actually think I did kind of cop that a bit when you see Cattle's car like in the field and then yeah. later on in the film I was like is that maybe the same car that they did? So that of was course, actually he noticed it after I told him about it. Well it was just I, I took it back <laughs> in my head maybe I, don't, I didn't particularly know. Secret genius Rob Cross over here. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I thought that was really funny that just that those crazy bastards tried to kill her at one point and now they're best friends. Yeah and it, I, I think as well like Desi's car was using a shovel as a weapon like that every yeah. decapitating people with it or my favourite throwing it not the the handle yeah. first <laughs> like a spear like a spear <laughs> and it going through like Stu I don't know how hard you have to throw like a wooden stick effectively like yeah. to go through I, someone I like that I think if you did that at me it would just probably bounce off my chest and give me a bruise like I, like if he threw it like shovel blade first yeah and it was like oh I've sharpened it okay I'm willing to at least believe that could conceivably go through like yeah. a rotten flesh something like that but like handle so firstly he's thrown it the, the hardest part through it the round kind of wooden yeah. bit through someone's stomach also that's the bit you're going to be holding and it's covered in zombie blood and it's never really established if you get like the blood on yourself do you or like into your well, system that, that mustn't happen because later on they definitely get load on yeah. their face so, so it's, it's pretty much you have to be bitten yeah, in order to become a zombie well, I'm just thinking if that was the case, like in terms of infection and all that, then why would you do that? Because then you're going to have to cover yourself in zombie blood. Like, what happens if you have like a slight cut? Like, you get a splinter on yeah. that, you're infected, you're a zombie now. Yeah. I just thought that stuff. was a weird decision. I thought it was a, it was funny and I liked the practical effect. Like, you could see the light through the the hole yeah. in the guy's chest they, was they quite did good. A good job there. I think it was funny when they're climbing over the the fence and she just leaves it open and fucks up, and he has to go back and close it. That was quite it's like good. the country code or whatever the fuck it used to be called when you're hiking, you have to. Leave every gate as you I, found it. I like, I like as well, or he, he just goes at some point. I use a couple of hanging trees from the crown when it's He just keeps just telling her I the stories. That up and I don't think it's true. I couldn't find any information. Um, there is the stump of what was a hanging tree, but it's from like 1798. Yeah. 
so it, it's not anywhere close to Cromwell's time. Yeah, there's, I mean, Oliver Cromwell is not a popular figure in this country. Um, some people, the, like there's yeah. a statue and that's like the British Parliament about him and people wonder why we um, don't like them very yeah. much or, or why we want to yeah. take their but seats it, over there. It's just odd to make up something when there's probably something, like it's Irish <laughs> history. That valley, wherever they were, probably had some tragedy happen there. Yeah. It was probably during the famine or something like that. And I think that would have, like, hunger and then the zombies you know, eating things. Mm. Like, I thought it would have played into it nicely, but I, I thought it was nice. But, of course, Steve, the best kills in the film. Yeah. You know, we... So, um, Des is... They go into this castle together. Des is trying to knock through this lock on a door. Yeah. This metal door there. Doesn't and work, but then it doesn't can, work. But Helena can climb up, and there's another way down. But Helena knows, oh, we can climb up there. But there's a guy zombie coming around the corner. So what does she do? What does she do? She bends down, takes off the high heel, fucks it at the guy, and it goes straight to his eye and kills him. Yeah. Uh, so clearly she's the fucking ninja. Like, how do you think about doing that? And instead of like, it's not even thinking about it. The fact that it worked, or the fact that she does it again, I, I love. Yeah, that with the it, other shoe, <laughs> the other shoe, like he gets this guy in the eye, and I love his death. It just sounds like he's choking on like I don't know a, a, a peanut or something because like this this guy wherever this zombie was you're the zombie on top of the castle who got hit in the eye and then you fall back you my friend properly handed up for the camera mm. it was like <laughs> yeah kind of a thing so then we get some more weird stuff with zombies there was a zombie in a wheelchair what the hell was that I I, I <laughs> and then he like falls out of the wheelchair because he's on a hill and he just I, starts rolling down I, I genuinely had to go back and watch <laughs> that again because I I didn't know what happened there and I had to watch it again and I was like this is my other thing is oh is this a comedy film then because that's such a weird choice but like they do a few weird things I mean at one point uh, there's talking zombies. They're like eating a guy, and they're having a chat. And they're they're talking. I could not make out what they were saying. I mean, the version that I was watching was on YouTube with Hungarian subtitles. <laughs> because that's a thing, apparently. Like, I couldn't get a normal stream of it anywhere. I got a Hungarian subtitle version. I, but I, on YouTube, you could convert it to English. But it still didn't have what he said in that one bit. Yeah. I couldn't find it at all. Um, I will say that we, we would have gladly paid for this film if we could find a paid version but i if there i know there is a dvd with a making of feature on it and i want to see the making of so if you have a oh, copy we could have ran down to extra vision if you have a copy of this on dvd or you know anyone that does i i'd love to have it because yeah. I, I understand there's a making of on it as well and i think that would answer probably some of the questions we have but i couldn't find that anywhere online i'm afraid but that was an interesting choice i think as well it yeah. was nice that desmond says oh i think i know one of them because you think about it He's, he's a yeah. local, he's from the area. Some of his friends probably are zombies now, or some of his family even. Yeah. So. Then later on they had sleeping zombies. Which is interesting, yeah. The, the thing about it was that I noticed that some of them seemed to be chewing, and I think that was to tie in with the mad cow disease, that they were actually chewing cod. And they're, they're sleeping standing up, because do cows do that, or is that horses I'm thinking of? I don't think either of them do that. Right, there is some... I think there's a myth about someone doing that. Yeah, I don't... Maybe it's giraffe. Yeah, I thought that was what they were going for, but I, In I any know. case, don't come to us for any zoological-related advice, because we have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah, I've had... I have a dog, and that's about it, really. Dog's the one with the wings, right? Yeah, the big flying horse. Oh, perfect. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, they they just, like, I suppose, fair play to him for trying some different things with zombies. Yeah, I quite even, you know, I, I quite like it as well when they get to Dezin's house, and, like I said, there's this weird edits there where it's unclear what exactly happens and does he go inside the house and then he runs out of the house and like the little girl Lisa's there yeah I, I that was really unclear I thought but I like the bit where she's in kind of the, the shed to the side and Zombie like looks into the eye and she just stabs them in the eye with a yeah. stick like that, that was really good but there was a moment where I thought that might have been uh, Desmond yeah because she has no way of knowing who the fuck's eye that is and she just rams the stick into it it's like that could have been your friend well, I think it's, it's understandable like she heard it as they sure like the zombies up in the roof, but you haven't just yeah. met the kid. I know, point. but that's the point. She would have known that it was the kid out there. Well, instead, like they meet this little kid, Lisa, and it's, it's a weirdly edited scene that she kind of just comes out of nowhere, then like jumps on a gate, and then what's happening there, and then they start looking after. Her. And I think that uh, obviously because you know working with children is obviously a bit difficult. Yeah. That it seems like they're kind of living a bit more in this scene just because I think everyone kind of forgot their lines, but this was the best take they had. And then immediately you meet Cal, and the film just improves ten thousand percent. Yeah, I mean the the best part about the whole Cal thing is that they meet him, and he's like very aggressive, and then they kind of calm down a bit. 
And then they meet his wife, Francie, who's so kind of, I don't even know how to put it, haggard. Yeah. That they think that she's a zombie and like, go for her. And it turns out she's not a zombie at all. <laughs> yeah. Like she's just kind of, I suppose, dressed strangely and her hair is messed up and she has kind of a, a, a weird complexion. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't want to keep going on about cattle. But he does. He really he does. Do, it's just so. He has a good. tattoo of him on his arm right now. <laughs> this is one of the best characters of any of the films we've reviewed so far. He's just so good. Like he he takes up the, all of your attention when he's on screen, and just everything he says is hilarious yeah. and accurate. Like even says that sort of oh, up in the uh, bunny's house, you know, he was just getting a car and he smelled a piss. Yeah, yeah. He just he just goes on about random things like some Irish people would. It has nothing to do with what's happening. Just to fill the space with their own voice. I think it's fantastic. Like I, I genuinely think this film got so much better with him. And I, he's the best actor by far, I will say. I don't, I don't have to take away from some people yeah. in this, but he is. And I, he even managed just to get emotion. Like when they're on the bonfire after his wife, what's her name again? Francie. Francie, Francie is killed. In quite like a bit where the cow, like they get the zombie cow. Yeah. And then, like, he's ripped out the window in the dark. And I think that was actually quite an effective use of kind of the, the actual darkness because you can't see oh, yeah. anything. I mean, that, that was much better. That was a lot. And that was, seeing that would have yeah. probably been terrible. I think they just had a head and then one hoof. I think you it's, see at one yeah. point, it's just like in a puddle, the hoof comes along. I think that actually worked quite well. And he, he gets yeah. this whole thing of being, he explains it why he was a coach because like he was, he was up in the minor finally broke his leg. She was a nurse in the hospital. He actually shows some proper emotion there better than I think Helena's, Helena's character. Who's like your presumably boyfriend, husband, partner has just passed away at the yeah. start and she's had to kill him. And she doesn't really convey it. Maybe because she's in shock, but he Cattle just kind of has yeah, this much really more. Yeah has this much more actual reaction to it. And even at the end, he's or like, he's like, I'm going to have to join Francie now. I was like, oh, yeah. you're going to, unfortunately, when he does die, you know, they try and chop off his arm to save him. It's just like, oh, Jesus. I mean, hopefully he, he survives and there's like a sequel. Yeah. Well, clearly we know that he's in something else anyway, is the same person. I think that's before and. Um, ah, anyway. right, right. But well, yeah, so the little kid anyway, Lisa. Lisa. Has been bitten with with forehand. Yeah. And so she turns into a zombie. They think that she's asleep. So they just throw her at the back of the Yeah. They, they, just, they just... They fuck her out of there. Oh, Jesus Christ. Dude. But, uh... But, uh... I just, like... So, it was really funny, though, because while they're there, at one point, Desmond goes to Helena. What is this? Don't go to sleep. Stay sharp. And it's like, no, this is the perfect time to go to sleep. Yeah. Like, literally able to relax for a few minutes and you'll be sharper then when you're fucking arrested. Now, I don't know exactly how long they were walking for no. um, before they came across Carla when they got in the car and everything else. Now, Leitrim is not the smallest county by any means, but it's not that big. They seem to be driving for, I, I, I would certainly appear because it's getting dark, at least one or two hours, like between the part where like he, he lops off this half this woman's head with a hurley out the yeah. side of the window which is that hilarious. Was hilarious that's a great scene it's like this bride is walking down the road and he thinks he knows her and he just goes out the side window with a driving by and lops off her yeah Francis speeds up the zombie realises what's happening and runs and away running away I, I fully think that Kyle, the actor just probably came up with this on the spot oh. and they decided let's just go with it Um, but you kind of get the impression that they're driving for like a long time like more than one or two hours yeah it does start uh, to get dark but yeah it. like because I think because they're still in Leitrim, they're they're heading for this this uh, castle. I think it's near Leitrim town, is what they say. So I, I did like a rough thing of even if they were up at the, the the far west side of Leitrim, like over by the coast, maybe near Sligo, with no traffic and the, the roads there, like you'd get from one side of Leitrim to the other in about an hour and a half at the most. So it maybe they're those treacherous country roads, Rob. Yeah, unless they're like maybe they're going off the main roads and they're going a particular way, but it just seemed yeah. thing. Even like later when they say, "Oh, we have to walk about three mi- five miles," it'll take about three hours, mm, maybe. I looked at the average walking speed is about three to four miles per hour, apparently. So yeah, now, admittedly it is dark and they're being chased by zombies and they're probably tired. So I'm willing to let that pass, but you know, I think the distance is inconsistent. It didn't cork, but yeah, there, fine. <laughs> Look, it doesn't have to be entirely accurate. I mean, it has a lot of <laughs> this. Weird this zombie film isn't accurate, dude. My God, monsters! Uh, did you notice that they uh, they have Kyle basically Calling the mad cow? I wanted to talk about that. Yeah, I, I, I in the paper I mentioned earlier by uh, Sean Crossan, he actually said this is directly inspired from Calling, where Calling is a, an Irish mythical hero who uh, used the hurley and schnitter and hit the the ball down the throat of this dog wolfhound that was attacking yeah. him. And killed it that way because he was such a good shot he could do this. And Cattle basically does this with the cow in the film. And he 
yeah, from what I've read, yeah, this was directly inspired by that. It's actually really cool. Yeah, it works quite well. Because as soon as I saw the slitter in his hand, I was like, is he going to do what I think he's going to do? And it, I thought it actually, they actually did it really well. Yeah, I think it was, it was a good kind of nod to Irish mythology there. And, yeah. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. a good that. idea. I mean, they couldn't really do much else with the cow, so it was a good way of I think sweeping it away. Because you could have had, like, the, you know, them run the cow down in the car or, you know, do, or, like, he's, one of them is being eaten and he, like, gets the shovel and, like, rips open its four stomach, something like that. Yeah. I think this was probably the best way to affect it. I think they just had about the head and yeah. a few other bits, but not I really entire. liked it. I, I thought this, this was really, this was original goes back to like an yeah. Irish thing it was something good I I thought this was a very good scene actually I, I'll talk as well a bit about the, the bit at the end like it kind of was unnerving almost before they get to the castle when they're in the car and before they've hit the cow yeah all these kids obviously like at a birthday party because yeah, they like have their faces painted and, and they yeah. have that and they hit the they hit the clown that was really unsettling yeah <laughs> like that was properly Jesus this is oh this is a horror film it's like oh god you don't, you don't think about zombie children I think this after they just throw no, Lisa out the back of the car I'm always thinking about zombie children oh, they're god. out there they're hunting us yeah Oh, like Minecraft. <laughs> yeah. Zombie village, uh, children, child villagers are the worst. Um, but that was quite effective, I thought. It's, it's just this very, oh God, this is very unnerving. You realize they're probably eating like one of their parents who was driving them back from something. And... Are they eating an animal? I thought they were eating a person from like a car crash is what it looked like. Maybe. It's, just... it's, a, it's a brief scene. Like, I yeah. think it's actually effective because clearly they just used the lights from the, the Jeep to yeah. shoot that scene. And I think that actually was more effective. I'll, I'll give like a lot of praise to the director for the, this for this choice because it, it looked like they were using what they had to do this. And it actually works better because it's what you would see in real life almost like that. And it, it had more of an impact. You can just see like just their face and their eyes briefly before it moves on. And I thought this was a very well done scene. One thing um, that they didn't do so well was the torches, which, from what I know of how to make a torch, yeah. that doesn't work. They wrap uh, a branch in cloth and then douse it in, in alcohol. In pochine, I think, is what it is. whiskey. He had a bottle of whiskey. It was clear. I thought it, I thought this was pochine. Maybe. But I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. In this That's one. just because of the sepia tone filter that they had. It looked... Okay. <laughs> but maybe it was. Either way. And then they light that, but that wouldn't last very long. Like what you're supposed to have is like a, a fast tar or something like that, something, isn't something it? That, yeah. that burns for a long time, which alcohol doesn't. Yeah, it, it it's just it's just a bit odd. I mean, I think they also genuinely use that to light some of the scenes, which, oh yeah, which worked well and not well in equal measure. I think, I think as I'd said about the lighting already, the bit at the end where they have to get to the castle because the rescue team is there is yeah. um, it's very hard to follow parts of that because you know, because obviously Desi gets killed, doesn't he? I think it's a bit unclear. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. He, like, well, he got bitten anyway, so yeah. And then obviously, Cattle they chop off his arm to try and save him, but he dies yeah. anyway. <laughs> he gets bitten. And then they torture him by having Desmond use the shovel to cut off his arm. And then seal it with yeah, the torch. Yeah, then they use the torch to, to burn it shut. And he still gets killed. And then he, he dies anyway. He, like, he goes off to Francie and dies. That's just brutal. But yeah, I mean, that was a really good ending scene. You know, they try to close the gates and it doesn't work. Yeah. And then you get that, like... With the torch, it's good because you get that kind of frantic feeling yeah. of, you know, they have this dying bit of light and, you know, they're trying to keep the zombies back and they're in, like, this last stand in, and in then a tiny little area. Alina gets to the top of it and then it's like, oh, the shears gunshots. Like, oh, the, the rescue team are there. Yeah, which is just guys in uh, white hazmat suits with, with shotguns. <laughs> <on. laughs> shotguns for some reason. And then at the ending is, so like, oh, they, they kill them, they get up and then they just throw her in a bunch of people in the back of a cattle truck what the hell is that yeah it's not are I'm, they, I'm sure that's probably some kind of uh, I don't know what that's are they implying that they think they're all infected and they're going to have to be quarantined or something I don't know what's going on there it's just a weird choice but, I'm sure it's meant to mean something but we're uh, not smart enough to understand I, I, I'll read that paper again maybe and maybe the answer is there but it, it um, I, I didn't really get the end I thought the ending was almost very abrupt it, it was just okay they're saying you know would there be something more to that like oh she gets thrown in the back of the thing and then oh Desin's there it's like oh thank god you're okay and then like he's just like looks at the thing and like you can see like the cut there yeah I thought they'd do something like that and then like it ends like an anonymous tome it just kind of ends very abruptly and I'm not really sure what the point of it was yeah I mean I, the more that I think about it now there is a bit of a similarity to Shaun of the Dead yeah. and then and then with Shaun of the Dead at the end there is that kind of post zombie apocalypse scene where yeah, yeah. everything's kind of back to normal-ish 
I, I, if there was like a post credits obviously now you do a post credit scene or make a mid credit scene, but it, it, I, I feel like I think they sort of ran like for another ten minutes or something Possibly, just to kind of yeah. just, like just to even if it was just a case of she's you know gets to like the government camp was like okay just give us your details and we'll get you checked over and if you're saying okay you're fine and then maybe she sees like Desmond Desmond is there and he or dead or something like that or you know she has to like ID a body or something they kind of end on maybe a hopeful note or a pes- or a pessimistic note but it kind of just ends on a vaguely pessimistic note but it's not explicitly said so I, I, I just maybe yeah, I don't know they, if, they, if there was a money thing here or they just no, this was the it, ending there's but... definitely something there that we're just not getting that obviously the director had in mind that yeah. this is evoking some kind of imagery or whatever we're just too stupid to understand which but the only thing I was the only thing I was thinking about is like they're literally put in the back of a cattle drum they put together almost like cattle going to a slaughterhouse that was the comparison I was kind yeah, of I thinking makes so. so it was like oh we're not that different from cattle the way we treat people maybe it's making like a larger message about society I, I'm not really too sure but um, I really should have read that paper more <laughs> I, I feel I really should have uh, sorry Sean Crossan if you're listening sorry Dr. Crossan I believe is what you are no relation um, I, I, I will read your paper and accurately summarise it in a later podcast. Disgraceful. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it was good. I think, without doing any research into seeing if there's any others, it is the second best zombie film of 2004. And uh, yeah. it, it was robbed of whatever awards Shaun of the Dead got. Yeah. Oh, no, I, 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 I like I said... Crock of gold. I really enjoyed this yeah. uh, more than I thought. Cattle's character is outstanding. We will definitely review his universe in the future. And I would recommend watching this. I'm going to. I am going to watch this again and like try and make notes about other parts yeah. and read the paper about it and stuff. And I, I really enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I would. This is possibly hilarious. possibly the best film from a comedy. Uh, it's so bad. It's good. Pointed times. Just in general, I really enjoyed this quite a lot. It's. I think. I think it is just a good film. Yeah. Yeah. It really did something weird and clever. But who knows what that ending was? I suppose. Yeah. Like. Like I said, I would recommend people to watch this. Um. I really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah. So thanks for listening, anyway, guys. Um. I think this is a suggestion from the audience as too. Well, I mean, I, I was thinking of it myself, and and we got a couple suggestions at, near the start when we uh, posted on Reddit. So this next... definitely came up. Next week's episode, we're going to be reviewing The Quiet Man. Nah, some kind of small indie film, is it, Sue? Probably, probably. It's not the one that kind of cemented the paddywhackery <laughs> in America. Yeah, it, it's, of course, it's the classic um, John Wayne film, The Quiet Man, uh, which I've seen several times. Yeah. My grandfather's a big John Wayne fan, so I'm looking forward to this. Uh, yeah, I don't think I've again. seen this, so this will be interesting for me. Oh, that, that is actually a good comparison, what you think about it, because yeah. I, I, I could already give a, de- a pretty decent review of it now, but um, I, I'll watch it again and make some notes of it, look up some comparisons. And that's yeah, good. so uh, play us out, Rob. Well, uh, thank you very much for uh, listening, guys. I was going to say thank you very much for watching, but if you're, <laughs> I, I just, if I, you're watching, we're nervous. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I loved your video review, Rob. Video review? <laughs> Thanks very much, guys. Uh, as always, um, you know, you can reach us on Twitter at BlarneyPod. Um, do tweet about us, like us, uh, tell people about us as well. Word yeah. of mouth really helps us at this point. The more the merrier. Yeah, we're, we're definitely going to try and use The Quiet Man as a more known film to get a bit more attention next time. But anything you do to tell people about us is, is very much appreciated. Any feedback is welcome. Um, we are working on getting newer equipment, so maybe the sound quality will improve yeah, a bit. Yeah, fingers crossed. And maybe start editing things a bit more. <laughs> hey, look, we're editing them as much as we can. We can. And it's funnier when you leave in the awful parts that we fuck up. Oh, you better cut out that thing from earlier. <laughs> but, 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 of course, any Did feedback... I? Any, any Any feedback is <laughs> Listeners aren't going to know, so. <laughs> But that's the thing. They'll be curious. They won't know. They'll be like, did he cut it out? Was it that bit? Talk about it in whatever comment sections or... Yeah, and we, we do take your suggestions, like Stu said this is something that people did suggest for us to watch uh, we have plenty other suggestions I think about seven or eight more at least uh, that, well there are hundreds of movies like this yeah. that we could review but we've uh, we've had a load of suggestions off people and we're very happy The Quiet Man I think was one of the most requested yeah. we had at the very start so uh, please tell a friend about this uh, suggest more films to us as well you, we can reach us on Twitter like I said at uh, Blarney Pod and you can also email us at talkingblarneypod at gmail.com so for me Rob Cross it's goodbye see you next week even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.